Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show. I am your host, Tracy Sandler. Super excited to be joined today by the talented, smart, incredible alumni of the most amazing school of all time, the Associated Press's Josh Dubow. Josh, welcome back to the show. Well, thanks, Tracy. Good to be with you. And go blue. (laughs) And go blue. In terms of football weekends, I mean, for us, great weekend, for the most part. Um, Great weekend. Michigan continues its domination over pretty much everyone. Uh, The only reason I say for us, for the most part, is because an important Michigan Wolverine, and possibly when I say for us, they mean myself, um, (laughs) (laughs) tough end of the 49ers game, but we'll get to that in a minute. Start by just talking a little bit of Michigan. They're so good, right? They really are. Like, this is probably the best Michigan team that I can remember. Uh, You know, offense, defense, defense, the whole thing. Absolutely. And actually, I saw that the great Jim Harbaugh said on Monday, and I'm sure if he were here, he'd be thrilled to refer to as the great Jim Harbaugh, (laughs) said on Monday that he thinks J.G. McCarthy is going to end up being the most talented quarterback in Michigan history, which seeing as though Jim Harbaugh was a quarterback at Michigan and seeing as, as Jim Harbaugh does think highly of himself, I feel like that's a really big compliment. Yeah, and there's also that other guy who won a few Super Bowls when he left Michigan. He, that was pretty oh, right. Yeah, him Want too. something, maybe? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but though while at Michigan, yes. taking nothing right. away from his career because right. he was platooned. And, and honestly, I will say, like, if you were to look back at his career, he was platooned, but every time they got into trouble, they'd bring him in the game. And for the yes. most part, he'd save it, uh, the great, great Tom Brady. But I think maybe while at Michigan, J.J. McCarthy could end up being that person. He, he very, yeah, he really, the way he's playing this year is quite enjoyable to watch, so. Um, so that's very exciting for those of us that are Michigan fans. But I think a lot of people listening, I imagine there are a lot of Michigan fans listening just because I do talk about Michigan <laughs> frequently. But the vast majority are probably 49ers fans. And I think for the most part, people have kind of wrapped the head around, wrapped their heads around the fact that it's week six. The team is five and one. They played terribly on Sunday. They still almost won the game. Uh, and, you know, it's not the end of the world. But I'm kind of of the opinion. I would like your feelings on this. And some of the guys talked about after the game. And, and Kyle talked about it a little bit, Kyle Shanahan. But I'm of the opinion that it was not a bad thing for the team to have been brought back down to earth. And the reality is, like, when you're playing that well week after week, you come off this huge Sunday night win over Dallas. I don't, I didn't look at Sunday as a letdown game, but I think no matter what, it's easy to start to believe. And the hype isn't really the right word because I don't really think that's an issue with this team. But you can kind of start to believe you're a little bit invincible. And I think in the NFL on any day, nobody's invincible. And it's hard. It's just hard to play it at the level they were playing at the first five weeks to do mm-hmm. that for 17 straight games and then three more in the playoffs. So, you know, they're going to be ups and downs. Um, you know, I don't think people were expecting it to happen against PJ Walker and the Browns, but it was going to happen inevitably at some point. Um, you know, the same week last year, the 49ers got embarrassed by Marcus Mariota and the Falcons. And yes, correct. You know, they seemed to turn it around after that. Okay. And, uh, we're in pretty good shape. Uh, until their quarterbacks all got hurt in the NFC Championship game. So, yeah, I don't think this is cause for panic. You know, one loss by two points on the road against a, a good team. 
Absolutely not. And I think we'll we'll get to Jake Moody in a bit. I'm, I'm not sure I'm mentally prepared yet, so we'll talk <laughs> a little more about everybody else. But... Football is back and Bet Online is your number one information source for all your sports wagering info with all the up-to-the-minute stats, news, scores, and matchup breakdowns. Get the latest game odds, spreads, and totals from the NFL and college football at your fingertips with Bet Online's real-time updates on statistics, news, and odds. From week one all the way to the college football playoff and the Super Bowl, Bet Online gives you access to the best football promotions and contests available anywhere online. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to get in on the action. Remember to use our promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. We'll get, we'll get there in a minute, but I think generally, Everybody did play poorly. They shouldn't have been in that position. Listen, Jake Moody should be making the 41-yard field goal at the end, absolutely. But right. everyone played poorly. It, it was really the most brought back down-to-earth game you could have because aside from all the mistakes, you also had Debo Samuel gets hurt, Christian McCaffrey gets hurt, Trent Williams gets hurt. Now, based on Kyle Shanahan's Monday conference call, it doesn't sound like any of these injuries are too, too terrible. Debo Samuel with his shoulders day-to-day. Um, Christian McCaffrey was still getting MRIs, but Kyle Shanahan said at the end of the call, they hope Christian's good to go Sunday. So I don't think he would have said that if there was concern, you know, that it was that terrible. The one thing to keep an eye out is he mentioned, he called it an oblique slash rib. They're hoping it's not both. Uh, Trent Williams went back in the game, but was wearing a walking boot on Sunday night when he was coming out of the locker room. But apparently he's day to day. They're getting Dre Greenlaw back. Uh, George Odom was another injury. He's day to day. So there were some injuries, but it sounds like, at least of, as of this moment, none of them are going to completely derail the season. Yeah, they definitely avoided the worst case scenario. With, you know, when you see Debo and McCaffrey both leave the game with injuries, and you know, if they were to miss, you know, multiple weeks or something like that, then you know that would be a cause for concern. But it does seem does sound like from the way Kyle was talking today, a pretty good chance that Debo would would play this week, and you know, if McCaffrey misses, a, you know, maybe it's a game at most. But they, he didn't seem too concerned, so that's that's obviously the good news today. So let's get this Jake Moody discussion out of the way. Um, he had been perfect during this game. He misses a 54-yard field goal. I would like to say, and I realize this is 100% my bias, but I don't think anyone's going to be surprised by that. But, I mean, he the 50-yard... First of all, Cleveland's play a tough stadium to kick in. Again, that's his job, and that, that is what it is. But it's tough to kick in. But the 54-yarder Kyle said on Monday, like that one, he thinks it's great that they can attempt it, but it wasn't like that was one where... They thought it was, you know, for sure going in and it, it was a no-brainer. That was kind of something they just figured they could have tempt, attempted it and where they were and all that. It, it worked. The 41-yard one at the end was definitely not good and <laughs> not good to miss it. I, I think I think just as I think for the rest of them, it's a good learning experience. I know with kickers, there's always the concern does it get in their head. What I'll say for Jake Moody that isn't, always been the case with kickers and we've we've certainly seen this is he stays and talks to the media and he answers everybody's questions and he answers them honestly and he doesn't get defensive and he takes accountability and i know that as i say many times on this podcast games are not won and lost in press conferences but i think especially for a kicker there's a mindset there that makes me think people shouldn't be too worried about it yeah i think the, like, the one i think the one thing that would I don't know, concern is probably not the right word, but it's fine. Is when he missed the the multiple kicks against the Raiders in the preseason game, 
and he missed the first one left and then overcompensated and missed one right. Um, and he did that again yesterday. I just wonder if there, you know, if there's something when he misses a kick early in the game, if that does play with his mind and, you know, sort of alter his approach on the next one and whether he's overcorrecting too much or something like that, you know, I would defer to kicking experts more on that. But, it does, you know, it just does seem interesting that it's happened twice when he's missed multiple ones in the game that he's missed the opposite direction on the second one and whether that's something that, to be aware of in the future. He said that it's not an overcorrection. Now, okay. I don't know that, it, I don't, right. that, you know, he may think it's not an overcorrection, I, but I think, you know, Brian Schneider might feel differently and I'm sure we'll be addressing it yes. this week for sure. Um, but he, he was asked about that and he said it was not, but it, you make a very good point and it's hard to think that maybe that doesn't come into play somewhat, but, I, you know, I guess we'll just kind of see how this all plays out. I I thought it was at least nice that his teammates and his coach all kind of said after the game, we just shouldn't have been in that position to begin with. But if they're in that position, it is his job to make the kick. But I, again, think it's a good learning experience. It's, it's a lot of pressure and you learn from it. And I will say also the thing with that Vegas situation too, at least, is he did kind of bounce back. And I know that was the preseason. Right. Yeah. But right, right. it wasn't like then the next week he couldn't kick anything. And then it was so, you know, one would hope that that would be uh, the same situation. And um, I I sure hope it would be my level of anxiety when he went to kick it and he missed it was really <laughs> high. And not because I care who wins and loses the game, because I think we all know I'm very biased towards Jake Moody. Yeah, so, <laughs> you know, it's going to be, you know, for your sake, you know, I'm hoping that Playoff games don't come down to a late field goal. I'm not sure you can handle that emotionally. So I don't know that I can. <laughs> yeah, if they, make it, if they make it to the playoffs, they should try to win with touchdowns um, and win convincingly, just for your sake, really, not for theirs. But no, not for theirs. I mean, yeah. maybe they care about themselves too. But maybe maybe but yeah. I'll try to address that. Like Kyle, I have a thought. I'm just throwing it out there. What was interesting about that last drive, and I know this came up on Twitter, and it came up yesterday as a question post game press conference was that there was time to get a few more yards there so that it wasn't a 41-yard kick. And I know what people on Twitter are calling it a chip shot. I actually don't, I, he should make a 41-yard kick. I'm not saying he shouldn't. He absolutely should be making a 41-yard kick. But I don't know that I'd call it a chip shot, especially in the wind, on the road, and all of that. But, it, you know, Kyle said that they didn't do that because in case there was a bad snap and they wanted to try it again, but there was, and they had a timeout. So it's interesting on what Kyle really has also called their best drive of the game, they didn't kind of give it one more shot either for a touchdown or at least a few more yards. I also wonder if not having Christian McCaffrey in the game there, yeah. maybe if you have Christian McCaffrey, you'll trust him. He's not going to fumble the ball or anything. If something bad's going to happen, if you run, you get a few yards, but maybe you don't feel the same way with, you know, with the other running backs. Um, and that, you know, you figure 41, you know, 41 is one you should make. It's not, you know, it's not settling for a 50 yard field goal. It's not a chip shot, but it's not, 50 yards either. So it's one that he probably felt confident in and probably didn't want to risk anything with backup running backs and, you know, off, you know, or take a, you know, or throw the ball and take a penalty or sat, you know, something bad happened that I think you know, they had enough negative plays in that game, especially in that second half that I'm guessing yeah. like, you know what, 41, we should make this. Let's go for it. And Yeah, that's true. That's, that's definitely true. So onward and upward, they go onward and upward. Jake Moody goes, um, and hopefully my anxiety level does not go upward. <laughs> <It stays really laughs> just, just level 
But now that now they move on, I still think like I said at the top of this, and I never really, I know, I don't know if I did ever get your opinion on this, but I do think it's good for them. I think it's good for all of them, like because it's hard not to underestimate an opponent. I just think it's tough, just human nature. I'm not saying they practiced differently or didn't study, but I just think when you have a huge game like they had last Sunday night, they beat Dallas by so many points. And then they come, I think it's hard. Not, and I don't know if underestimate is the right word, but I think it's hard. I don't know what exactly I'm saying. I'm having, I, I had to take a very early flight home from Cleveland today. <laughs> but you, you know what I'm saying? I just think it's, yeah, no, it's hard. And I think it, it's good for them. No, you know, I think it, think it will, you know, especially with, you know, Philly lost yesterday. So they don't lose any ground to Philly, at least in the home field advantage thing. You know, obviously yeah. you don't want to look back you know, in January and say, oh man, if we hadn't blown that game against Cleveland, we'd have a buy in home field advantage. And that's the difference, obviously. Right. It, it, it could prove costly in terms of that in the standings at the end. But I do think there is something to the fact, okay, like they know now that they can't just coast and win games, you know, you know, they probably knew that, but maybe didn't really know, you know, kind of situation, you know, and, and I do think probably, I think that's, you know, I think Greg Greenlaw not being there is probably a factor, you know, he yeah. brings such energy when he's out there. That, you know, I think his absence was probably felt a lot in that game. Um, their run defense wasn't good. I think his just his energy level is always so high. And, um, you know, maybe, you know, maybe it would have been a factor with that. But no, I do think, you know, it's, you know, it's not a, it's something they can learn from. So, which, which is about, you know, and I think they will learn from it. I thought it was interesting, something that Kyle Shanahan mentioned yesterday or on Sunday and again on Monday. We're recording this on Monday, which is why I keep saying yesterday and then correcting myself. But, <laughs> You guys will follow along just fine. I have complete confidence. But something that he said was that, of course, when they lose Debo Samuel, when they lose Christian McCaffrey, they put guys in positions that they're not necessarily prepared for and mistakes were made. I only That only jumped out to me because I've never really heard him say that before because they've had injuries on the team. You know, right. a lot, and they've had people go out during games. So I just thought it was an interesting comment. And then I was trying to think of who, I guess really he probably means more the running backs than anybody. I mean, potentially Ray Ray McLeod, but I think he he did a good job when he came in there. He's been there a long time. So in theory, he should, or long enough that he should be prepared. But I thought that was kind of an interesting comment. Did that jump out to you at all? You know, and I do think it did seem from uh, after Debo that Debo was in. Um, they seem to have a, you know, a lot of those plays in it. And, you know, and it's hard for anyone to replicate Debo. Um, you know, many guys can do what he does. But yeah, it definitely, it definitely stood out the way, you know, the way Kyle talked about that today. Yeah, I thought that was very interesting. So now it's Monday Night Football. They're not spending the day. I got this question a lot, actually. So in case anybody was curious, they're not spending the week on the East Coast because the, the extra day, you know, gives them a little bit of time. Kyle and Shanahan said in the call that the other reason for that is next week they have a Monday Night Football game away. They'll get home super late or early, depending on how you want to look at it, you know, late Monday night, early Tuesday right. morning, then they'll have a short week, whereas this week they have a long week. So he wanted people in their own homes. But um, personally, I was really glad not to be heading somewhere that wasn't my home. They didn't seem to really enjoy the, I don't know, from when they came back from the Greenbrier, you were there, I wasn't, but it did not seem like that, 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 they seemed done with that trip last year. Yes, I think that, that trip they were done with. It would been it would have been interesting. I know we've talked about this. Had had like the Browns and the and Pittsburgh been back to back, they definitely would have. And it was like a Sunday and a Sunday. They definitely would have stayed somewhere. 
But no, I think the Greenbrier was probably done. And I think it probably was the right decision. Because I think at a certain point, it's a little bit, it can be diminishing returns, like maybe what you save on not the flying back and forth physically maybe takes its toll a little bit more mentally and emotionally. And the other thing with that trip is every time they've come back, they lose and lose bad. <laughs> so I yeah. mean, last year they played the Chiefs and there's that. Right, yeah, there are a lot. Of oh, yeah, no, but it had, yeah, they have not necessarily done well in the return game. And yeah, and I think and Minnesota is not across country, but, you know, it's only yeah. halfway across the country. And, you know, if they had wanted to, they could have definitely requested, you know, the NFL definitely takes requests on that. If teams want right. like, to, the Giants requested to stay out West this year. That's why they had the the game at Arizona and then were able to do the Thursday night game at the, at the Niners is they were going to, you know, they wanted to stay out one week and not and cut down on their trip. So the NFL usually accommodates that if you want one of those, but it seemed like they did not want one. And this schedule definitely made it easy for them not to. Let's talk a little bit about Brock Purdy. Uh, certainly had his worst game as a 49er, which again, everybody did, had a terrible day. So, uh, but certainly had, you know, his worst game as a 49er. But what I think if, if 49ers fans were to take a positive, when you look at that final drive, which as I said earlier, Shanahan said was their best drive of the game, he he did put them in a position to win, which I think should be something that 49ers fans should be pleased about. It made me think a little bit of the Vegas game last year where they really didn't play all that great. But again, he put them in a position when I think they were tied though at that point and Correct, yeah. missed the field goal at the end. So they go to overtime and they end up winning the game. But um, it, it, I think it is a positive for 49ers fans to see that, that Brock Purdy under pressure doesn't really get phased and he just kind of continues to play his game and he, he was able to kind of get it together there at the end. Yeah, well, because he had, until yesterday, he had completed one pass since becoming, since taking over as quarterback in the fourth quarter when trailing. It was, and that was against the Eagles, a one yard pass to George Kittle when he didn't have an elbow. So he hadn't really been asked to do, to do that. And, you know, obviously those first, you know, the first drive, the go ahead drive was in one play in the hand, you know, eight yard run for Jordan Mason. So that, you know, that drive didn't, didn't test him at all. You know, they had the interception, they took the lead. And then obviously the, the next couple of drives were not so good, but then he, they did, you know, when they had to drive down the field to get in position for the field goal, you know, he did a nice job. He was able to do that. And that's something he's going to need to do, I'm sure, in bigger games down the stretch, whether it's against Philly or in playoffs or things like that. They're going to be a situation where that happens. And the fact that he went through it and, and did lead the team to a score or to a scoring position um, is encouraging. Without Christian McCaffrey and, and yes. Mills. So, you know, it's it's not funny, haha, but of all the injuries on Sunday, the one that I thought potentially could act, uh, derail the season, obviously no Debo Samuel would be bad. No Christian McCaffrey would be bad. But the one that I thought, if this is bad, this might be really, really bad is Trent Williams. Yeah. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Like, they don't have a replacement for Trent Williams. There is no replacement for Trent Williams. There's no, like, right. You can, you know, I think they're fine. If they lose any one of their playmakers, you know, I think they're okay. It's when they lose two that things get a little mm-hmm. more problematic, you know. But, you know, they played without IU for a game. You know, they, you know, they can play without Debo, I think, and be okay. They, you know, I think they could survive without McCaffrey for a game or two. It's, you know, you start missing two of those guys, then it becomes a little more, you know, now it's easier to focus on the other guys and, and, re- and really slow them down. But Trent Williams, there's no, there's no like, okay, if we have Trent Williams, we can just, plug in Jalen Moore and it's not going to be a difference. You have to change your whole offense if that happens. So um yeah, they they definitely dodged a bullet with that 
which even Trent Williams, and I did appreciate this level of honesty where he said, you know, I was in pain, but I knew I could play through it. And I didn't want to put Jalen Moore in the position of having to defend Miles Garrett, which I thought that was a pretty high level of honesty. Yeah. And I think Brock Purdy probably appreciated that he didn't put Jalen Moore in position to go up against Miles Garrett. So um, go to Jalen Moore, I would guarantee. You. Yeah, I would get, think Jalen Moore did too. I think everyone other than Miles Garrett probably uh, appreciated that. So now I'm just looking ahead um, a little early, maybe to preview the Vikings, but kind of looking ahead a couple weeks. The trade deadline's not that far away. In fact, I believe it is two weeks from Tuesday, which is the day this episode comes out. So I believe it is that two weeks, October 30th. When you look at this team, is there a place where you think they're going to make a move? I'm not sure. You know, I don't think there's a glaring need that they have. Right. Like, you know, you know, could they use a, you know, a backup offensive tackle that they can try, you know, that if something happens to Trent Williams, sure, but I don't know how many of those guys are available. Could they, you know, maybe they want, you know, another cornerback or something possibly, but um, they have a lot of depth there. It's not like, you know, I don't think a top level guy is going to come. No. You know, you know, I don't think Patrick Sertan is going to be available or something like that. Or, you know, they're going to be looking to trade for that. So I'm not sure. You know, I think, you know, Randy Gregory seemed to do pretty well um, as the pass rusher in his first game. So they, you know, kind of reinforced that spot a little bit. Um which is another spot where maybe they, you know they could use a little more help, but it just doesn't seem like there's a glaring need um, for them to do anything major. You know, obviously they could be they've done more minor deals at the trade. You know, they got Charles who a couple of years ago at the trade deadline. You know, there could be guys like that, who, you know, player they like at a you know, but they just want depth at a position, and it's not going to be a big cost. But in terms of a big Christian McCaffrey type move or even Emmanuel Sanders type move, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that there's one needed or there's one out there for them this year. No, I don't think, I think barring any major injury, there yeah. probably really isn't. And, you know, a couple weeks ago, there was a little talk about would they potentially go after a corner? But the reality of that was, like you said, there aren't really kind of like those guys available and they're kind of set there. I mean, unless like a Patrick Sertan was available and they were, you know, able to get them. I think they were better off with the Randy Gregory move because the stronger the line, the easier it is in the secondary, easier it is in the secondary. But I also think, in fairness, the secondary, they've been playing really well. And those corners have been playing well. And they're certainly not perfect, but it's a tough position. And in the words of Charvarius Ward last year about the Panthers wide receivers, they're millionaires too. So they there's sometimes plays get made. But yeah, it really doesn't feel like there's something this year, at least to at least today. They have two more games before the trade deadline. Yeah. So, yeah. They have an injury the next two weeks. Um, you know, the one guy cornerback who maybe would be an upgrade for them on the outside who could be available. It's not, not the Patrick Sertan level is Jalen Johnson on the bears. I think the bears will probably be looking to get rid of some guys. Um, potentially, you know, guys are going to be for agents. Um, he could be a guy you look at, but I, I, you know, I just, I'm not sure how well he necessarily fits into what Steve Wilkes want. You know, okay. I think it's easier to find a pass rusher who you can just say, okay, you can play 15 plays and you can, you know, Chris Cassara can, can figure out what you do well and, to take advantage of that. I think a cornerback is probably a little harder just to fit in for, for that and get to be able to play. It's going to be a real upgrade. You have to be able to play, you know, consistently. And so I just don't know if they're, if they're going to be that desperate to, to bring someone in barring, you know, if someone got hurt the next couple of weeks, that could be different. But at this point, um, you know, I, there may, you know, maybe if there's a guy out there at cornerback, that probably be the one spot, but you know, I'm not, I'm not expecting any any big moves. 
No, I'm not either. And I would say I agree with you on Randy Gregory. He really did seem to do pretty well, you know, on Sunday. And that was with like three days with Chris Kisterik. So, right. and in this defense. So I think that it will be kind of interesting to see, you know, what happens over the next couple of weeks. And of course, then he'll have the bye week to like really hone in and, and lock in and all of that. So I think that'll be, that'll be good stuff. So next up, they're off to Minneapolis, Minnesota, Monday night football against Kirk Cousins and the Vikings. Kirk Cousins, who he and, what is the best way to put this? Like he and Kyle Shanahan have kind of always talked about dancing, but the dance is not to be. But um, it's always kind of interesting when Kyle Shanahan goes up against Kirk Cousins. It's the one that got away. That's how I'll call Kirk Cousins, the one that got away. Yeah, I guess. But maybe, you know, I think now he's, he's you know, he's found the one. He's found the, the one. So. Yeah. So I think he I think I think he's okay with it now. You know, if it had still been Jimmy or Trey, then yeah, there could be some wistfulness for Kyle watching Kirk on the other side. But I th- I think he's okay with what he has now. So a very early and I'll do a, a full game preview a little bit later in the week, but very early kind of what are some things you're seeing when you look at this Vikings team and how the 49ers will match up against them? Um, obviously, without Je- Justin Jefferson, they're a very different team. Um, yes. So that's, yeah, it should be a much easier task. Uh, slowing down that offense without Justin Jefferson. Um, you know, they are, I, if not the blitz heaviest team in the league, they're right up there. And um, so it could be similar to what um, the Giants threw at Brock Purdy. And he, he did really well against that. So I'm curious whether Brian Flores will stick with, uh, you know, his, his heavy use of the blitz or whether he will dial back on that after seeing, you know, how it didn't work for the Giants very well against Purdy. Mm-hmm. Um, that's sort of, yeah, that's what I'm looking most interested to see, um, especially with Justin Jefferson out, the matchup on the other side of the ball is not quite as, not quite as intriguing. No, not not exactly. And and honestly, personally, it's just a as a football fan, kind of disappointed. I don't get to see Justin Jeff- Justin Jefferson. Yeah, no, he's fun to watch. So <laughs> yeah, that he is very fun to watch. I bet the 49ers feel very differently about that than I do. But yeah, yeah, yeah they've, they've done a nice job avoiding uh, seeing some some key players. Whether you know, no Nick Chubb this past week, no uh, Saquon Barkley, no Justin Jefferson. Um, yeah, they've uh, they've avoided some big guys. Oh, God, do you imagine what? the game would have been like if Nick Chubb was in it. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. It would have been very rough. Yeah. <laughs> Even a rougher. Oh, maybe it wouldn't have been. It may have been so bad that it's like less rough, but nonetheless, they have definitely done a, a, it, a might, it might not have come down to a field goal. It, I don't think, I don't think it would have come down to a field goal. All right. Let me ask you one more super important thing before we go. And I'll let you, this will be your version of predictable picks. How many <laughs> points does Michigan win by on Saturday? Ooh, let's see. Uh, on the road, right? Um, okay. Big rivalry game. Um, We're playing Michigan State, for those of you who don't know. Oh, yes. I'm sure yeah. you all so, do. I, 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 I assumed everyone knew. Um, I'm going to go, I see the spread is 24. I'm going to go uh, Michigan by 28. Okay. All right. So well, we'll see for fun. That is your, that'll be your predictable pick. And if I, so, so if I beat Ronnie and Jake, do I get one in my column or no? Or is it, yeah, um, we'll, put, we'll put one in your column. I may not tell Ronnie and Jake because... You know, it only it's yeah. only because they've been doing it every week, but you and I will know. Okay, we'll know that I, that I get one. Okay. Yeah, for sure. Perfect. Uh, Josh, tell everybody where they can find you and your work. Um, at the Associated Press, um, Josh Dubowie AP on X. Um, and yeah, so fantastic. You guys, we are brought to you by Bet Online. You can find me on Twitter at or X or whatever we're calling it at Tracy FGSN at on Instagram at Tracy Sandler. All of my work on FGSN.com. And with that, I'll talk to everybody next time. Bye, all. 
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.